many of the anxious, preoccupied clients that come to us, they will talk about feeling like they're an outsider, that they don't quite belong, that a group of people or a particular person doesn't really like me. They say they like me, maybe, or sometimes they invite me over, but I don't think they actually like me. I think I'm just an outsider. I've always been an outsider. I don't quite belong. Welcome to Heal Your Relationships. This podcast is all about healing your marriage and your other close relationships without waiting for the people around you to change. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita Sun. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, my friends. Happy Thursday. We are here for another in-depth episode from Heal Your Relationships. So last week, I talked about the three different pillars of being able to heal your relationships quickly, effectively, and make sure that it lasts for a lifetime. Today, I'm going to touch on a super important topic that is at the core of how we help you heal your relationships in our programs, and that is your attachment style. Now, for those of you who have no idea what an attachment style is, I did an intro to attachment styles in an episode called Secure Attachment in Marriage, and we're going to link that episode in the show notes. So if you have very minimal or no understanding of what an attachment style is, I would first go listen to that episode and then come back to this one, okay? Because that'll give you an intro into what attachment theory is, when it was first discovered, the science behind it, the history behind it, and also the four different kinds of attachment styles that all human beings tend to fall into. And then you can come back here and go a little bit more in depth, all right? So in short, who you choose to date or partner with, how you feel in those relationships, especially when the other person disappoints you or hurts your feelings, right, which is inevitable in any long-term relationship. We're going to hurt each other's feelings, step on each other's toes, hurt and disappoint and let each other down sometimes. That is inevitable. And how you feel in those moments, also how you act in those moments, right? These are all determined by your attachment style. Huge, right? Who you partner with, how you feel in those relationships, and how you act in those relationships, which literally is the story of that relationship, is all determined by your attachment style. So you can imagine how important it is for you to know what your attachment style is and what are the four characteristics of each attachment style. So in brief, the four buckets of attachments are one, secure attachment, and the other three all fall under insecure attachment, okay? Again, if you don't know what secure and insecure attachment even is, go listen to the first episode that I have in the show notes and then come back. So, and if you'd like to know what style you are, which one do you fall into? Then we also have a link for an attachment style quiz in the show notes, completely free of charge. You can go click on that link It'll lead you through a few questions, and at the end of it, it'll tell you what your attachment style is. This might be the most 
profound, powerful, transformative, and informative few minutes that you will ever spend in order to improve your relationships. Not knowing your attachment style means that you are literally operating in the dark without any self-awareness, without any plan, and without any coherence. And I know how chaotic and painful that can be because I spent the first 30 years of my life in that sort of darkness, stumbling around over and over making the same mistakes. So please spend a few minutes to go down, click on that link, take your attachment style quiz and find out which style you are. So you're either going to fall into the secure attachment. And if you do, yay, that's amazing. Wonderful. You have won the lottery, so to speak, in terms of emotional and relational health. You have more tools that you've just absorbed from your childhood into your bones that make it easy for you to know what you need specifically and where your boundaries are and to be able to communicate them clearly and gently without hurting or blaming somebody else, you're able to, for the most part, you're able to communicate your needs and boundaries and you're able to uphold and get your own needs met and hold your boundaries with sacredness for the most part, right? And I'm telling you, most secure attached people don't know, they they don't have a conscious plan for doing this. They just have absorbed it sort of like the water we swim in. If you're a fish, you don't even know that there is such a thing called water because that's the only thing that you've ever known. So you think the whole world is like that, right? So securely attached people, they don't necessarily think through these things. They don't have to because they were given secure attachment as children in the first three years of life is the most important. And then after that, the first eight years of life. And so you have a natural sort of leg up in the world, right? Now, if you fall into one of the other three insecure attachment styles, the first thing I want you to know is that just because you are one of the three insecure attachment styles today does not mean that you are sort of bound to that forever. I was a fearful avoidant attachment style for many, many years. And I have, over the course of the last, I'd say, eight years or so, I was able to move myself to a secure attached person. It takes work and there's a specific process to it, but it is absolutely possible. And your whole life, not just your relationships, the way you show up at work, the way your friendships go, your health, your capacity to make money. Oh my God, everything changes when you can move from insecure to securely attached. All right. So of the three insecurely attached, there is the anxious preoccupied. There is the dismissive avoidant and there is the fearful avoidant. Okay. Again, go take the attachment quiz. Find out if you're one of these three categories. If you are, we need to get clear on four components for you to start moving towards securely attached. All right. Number one, you need to know what your core wounds and fears are. 
those that are interchangeable, core wounds and core fears are similar, right? They're, they're just different ways of saying the same thing. You need to know what yours are. Second, you need to know when those core wounds or fears get poked by someone else. What do you do to protest, right? Imagine having a wound on your arm right now and someone pokes it by mistake, right? They brush against it as you're walking by on the street. You're instinctively going to pull back or push, push that person away. It's just an instinctive response in order to protect your wound, right? That's the same thing here. When we have core wounds and fears and we haven't gone through the process of actually healing them and releasing them, we end up protesting anyone who inadvertently might poke on them. And depending on which insecure attached style that you are, you will have different protest behaviors and you need to know what yours are so you can recognize them. Otherwise, you will just keep repeating the same protest behaviors in every relationship, different variations of the same protest behaviors, which means it ends in the same way. Every relationship has the similar sort of life cycle, right? And you're left wondering, why do I keep doing this? Why does this keep happening to me? Why do I keep picking these kind of people? It's because of your core wounds and fears and your protest behaviors. The other two things that you need to know very clearly is what your needs actually are and how to meet them for yourself and what your boundaries are and how to uphold them for yourself. Okay, again, your needs and your boundaries will differ based on your attachment style, which is why I'm going to say this one last time. This is absolutely free. There is a link in the show notes. You can go and find your attachment style. Like it's like switching on a light when you're going into a dark room. I spent 30 years stumbling about in the dark. Please help yourself. Switch on the light. It'll take you a few minutes and your whole world will start to make sense. Okay? So when you take the quiz, you find out, let's say you're secure, awesome, keep doing what you're doing. If you're insecure, whether you're anxious, preoccupied, dismissive, avoidant, or fearful, avoidant, do not worry, there is a path to secure attached. But to get to that path, we need to figure out your core wounds and fears, what your protest behaviors are, what your actual needs are, and what your boundaries are, and how to heal the core wounds, shift protest behaviors, clarify needs, and be able to communicate them calmly and lovingly, and uphold your boundaries. Okay? So today, I'm just going to touch on a couple of the top fears in each of the insecure types of attachment so that you can recognize which of these speaks to me, okay? Not all of them will speak to you. It might. I'm going to share three top fears that I've seen for each of the insecurely attached styles. You might have all three fears or you might just have one. It's all good. I just want you to listen and jot down this is my attachment style. This is my top fear. Okay? All right. So here we go. Number one is the anxious preoccupied. If you are anxious preoccupied attachment style, your top three fears tend to be the fear of ab abandonment. Okay? Said another way, it's a fear of being left alone. For a anxiously preoccupied person, that fear of abandonment of feeling alone literally feels like death. 
it feels so unsafe in your body because you got that message very early on in your life that when you have attachment or connection or affection from somebody, you are safe. And so the opposite of that feels terrifying to an anxiously preoccupied. So number one is fear of abandonment or loneliness. Number two is fear of being too much. Okay, there is a fear within you that maybe you're just too much for anyone to be able to handle. Maybe you have too many needs. Maybe you have too much uh, affection to give that other people, you know, can't take it. Maybe you're too much of a handful, right? That fear has us second guessing ourselves. When you are anxiously preoccupied, you go from wanting more from other people, but then also doubting whether you're just having too many expectations, quote unquote, right? Number three is the fear of being disliked or not included. So a lot of fear, I mean, uh, anxiously preoccupied people, they will tell me in our programs, when you come in, you, we have an in-depth assessment of your attachment style, and we really help you nail down each of these four things. And immediately, like I said, it's like a light coming on in your world, and you can clearly see the path forward to be able to resolve disagreements and and feel connected to people and feel steady within, right? Very, very important. So many of the anxious, preoccupied clients that come to us, they will talk about feeling like they're an outsider, that they don't quite belong, that a group of people or a particular person doesn't really like me. They say they like me maybe, or sometimes they invite me over, but I don't think they actually like me. I think I'm just an outsider. I've always been an outsider. I don't quite belong, right? I'm not included. I'm not considered. I'm not prioritized. These are all variations of I am disliked or not included. So these are the top three fears I want you to consider. Fear of abandonment or loneliness, fear of being too much, right? Maybe I have too many expectations, too many needs, too many feelings. Fear of being disliked, not included, not prioritized or not considered, not belonging, right? In terms of feelings, the feelings that often come off for anxious preoccupied is loneliness, sadness, and anxious or anxiety slash desperation. All right, let's move on to the um, dismissive avoidant. When you take the quiz, if you find that you're a dismissive avoidant, consider these three top fears and see if any of those resonate with you. Number one, fear of being engulfed. That literally, the person that you are with, mostly in romantic relationships, will take over and almost make you disappear. They will engulf me. They will... Um, snuff me out in a way. And this fear of not being able to feel yourself as a separate person, not having the space to breathe, feeling like the other person will just swallow you whole, is almost just below the surface all the time. Okay. Another fear is a fear of losing your own sense of self in any close relationship. That you will lose sight 
of your own needs, opinions, hobbies, friendships, desires, ways of dressing, ways of seeing the world, just the things that make you you, even if the other person is not engulfing you or you're not worried that they're trying to in any way um, swallow you, you still constantly think about who, what, what do I like? Do I have the independence to assert my opinions, my friendships, my um, time alone, right? I like to have time alone. I like to have time for my own interests. I need that and you're thinking about that a lot. And the last one is a fear of commitment. Dismissive avoidant clients will often tell me that they've had a history or they are currently having difficulty committing to a relationship. Not because they don't care about the person or because they don't like the person. They may even love the person, but it feels like they are being sort of trapped. Not by the other person per se, but that they will just by committing will be trapped. And what if I get bored? What if I can't what if I can't, right? I can't stay in this forever and ever. How can I commit to something? How will I know how I'm going to feel 20 years, 30 years from now? Ah, this is too much, right? So often people with dismissive avoidant um, attachment style will have two or three options, right? They may be dating multiple people or they may have a hard time completely ending one relationship before starting another. They sort of maintain multiple things at the same time. Sometimes that is known by those that they're dating, sometimes not known by the other people that they're dating. And it's not coming from a place of just being a jerk. They literally are not sure and can't quite make up their minds and feel torn and fear the sense of feeling trapped if they made a choice, okay? And the feelings that go alongside is often either numbness, right? Dismissive avoidance will often say, I'm fine, I just feel okay. Most of the time, I just don't have strong needs. I don't have strong emotions. I'm just kind of um, calm and, and cool and just easy, right? That's how they often describe it. But when you go deeper, it's not that they're calm, it's that they don't know what they're feeling. They feel just disconnected from their own feelings, okay? When they do feel something, it's usually irritation, okay? And the irritation often will come from their perception that somebody else is asking a lot of them, either of their time or of their um, emotions or when another person seems very emotional. Maybe someone's crying or someone's, uh, in their opinion, being too clingy or needy, right? Those kind of situations cause irritation inside of a dismissive avoidant person. And the last but not least is the fearful avoidant. It's also called the disorganized because you don't have one strategy. You sort of ping pong between being distant versus being anxiously preoccupied and you go back and forth. Again, like I said, I used to be a fearful avoidant and I have moved to a more secure functioning. 
If I can do it, anyone can do it. And I can show you how this is exactly what we do in our programs. So the top three fears of a fearful avoidant is number one, fear of being betrayed. Fearful avoidants have a hard time trusting someone else, right? It's not that they're constantly thinking about not being able to trust another person. They're not suspicious constantly of other people. It's more, they may be, but it's more deeper than that often. It's, a, it's just a sense of not being able to completely open up and relax and be vulnerable and share and be themselves around other people, right? Because they, in their bones, just don't feel safe trusting, okay? Number two is the fear of being powerless. A lot of fearful avoidance will sort of engage in power play in their relationships without realizing it. So they very easily see disrespect. They very easily see other people as being inconsiderate. And as soon as they see that, they assume that it's a power play. Most of the time it's not, but they assume that it's a power play and they will try to grab back power because they genuinely believe that the other person is trying to grab power away from them. They think the other person is trying to make them feel small, that they're intentionally being inconsiderate or selfish or um, hurtful, right? And so they will engage in a lot of uh, one-upping without recognizing it. And the third one is a sense of unworthiness. This is another one that many fearful avoidance, including myself, if you just ask them directly, do you often feel unworthy? Very few fearful avoidance will actually say yes or recognize that. But almost all fearful avoidance will be able to see in themselves the need for overachievement. They're constantly trying to achieve more and more and more. And they put a lot of stock into how well they're doing, whether it's in their career or in the house that they live in, the car that they have, how well the kids are doing at school, um, how they look, right? All of these things. It's not from vanity. It is from a deeper sort of insecure um, sense of not being sure that they're worthy just as they are and needing to prove their worthiness, to earn their worthiness. And obviously, you just quite never earn it, right? The faster you run, the faster it seems to move away from you. So you're always chasing and it's quite exhausting. In terms of feelings, anger, Fear and shame tends to come and go in different percentages at different moments. Anger, anxiety, a low humming anxiety slash fear, and shame, which goes along with the um, I'm not worthy as I am. I have to, I have to succeed. I have to show. I have to earn my worthiness. Right. So each of these fears and each of these core wounds I could talk about for an entire week because there's so much to unpack here. And again, that's 
literally what we use as the framework to lead you through our Heal Your Relationships 10-week program. This is the backbone that we use to take you from uh, constantly arguing and feeling hurt and misunderstood and lonely and resentful in your relationships to being able to build an unshakable inner core and resolve conflict and restore connection. The way we do that is all built on attachment theory and from taking you to a secure, more secure functioning, right? Um, But I wanted to give you a little taste of it here so you can start being able to see a little bit more clearly because clarity gives relief, right? When we have context for why we feel and think and act the way we do, And also why our spouses or partners or loved ones are thinking, feeling and acting the way they do. It's sort of like suddenly a jigsaw puzzle coming together, right? It makes no sense for a long time and then suddenly it all comes together and you can see the picture. That's what attachment styles and the deep understanding of each one helps you do. So I'll stop here for now. I hope you found that helpful. If you did, please go and rate and review our podcast. The more ratings and reviews there are, the more Apple shows our podcast to other people who may benefit from learning this kind of stuff. It really is life-changing. So it's the very small thing you can do that could help hundreds of other people, right? Rate and review the show, subscribe to the channel, and go take the quiz and come back and figure out what your fears are next week. I'll show you a little bit more about needs and boundaries in each of these insecure types. So I'll see you next week. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. Bye-bye. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like access to our Marriage Repair Toolkit, you can go to www.healyourrelationships, all one word, healyourrelationships.com and look for free training. I'll see you there.